Hey, guy, you know that you want to be the guy that all your buds want to be. Oh, man, I want to party with him. Yeah, that guy. Well, then here's how you do it. Just listen to these two shows every week. The Art of Charm. We talk about how to create confidence, how to get people to like and trust you, productivity, time management, biohacking, and more. And The Chive. You never know who's going to drop by the studio, and you certainly never know what we're going to say to them. Download new episodes of The Chive and The Art of Charm every week at podcastone.com. It's a guy thing, all right? Be that guy. Hey, it's Chris Loxamana here, and there's a new episode of Resume out now. This week, I have the Plain White Tees on the show, and they talk about some of the old jobs they had before starting the band. I started at Subway. I was a sandwich artist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Girl who worked there named Katrina, who tried to castrate me while we were on the ship. She grabbed a knife off the shelf and just put it between my legs and said, I'm going to cut your dick off. And then I tossed her through a bread shelf, uh, and uh, neither one of us got fired. You can find it on iTunes, the Corolla Digital app, or chrisloxamana.com. Once again, the podcast is called Resume, and it's right here on Corolla Digital. Got to get it on. No choice but to get it on. Mandate. Get it on. Thank you so much for joining us on yet another CarCast. I'm Adam Carolla. That's Matt, the moderator. DeAndrea. Hello, once again. Yeah. Tony Canon here today. Uh, well, won the Indy 500. So what else do you need to so know? So there's that. <laughs> so there's that. Um, racing this weekend in Long Beach. Exciting. I mean, Long Beach... Um, there's just cement barriers everywhere. <laughs> yeah. and Pretty much. As you know. As I know. <laughs> and I, I know that, unfortunately, when they tell you to drive or they teach you to drive, they go, well, you want to swing out as wide as you can, and then you want to apex the corner, and then you want to swing out as wide as you can when you're exiting the corner. Yeah. Try to straighten it out. Keep as much momentum and speed as possible. But at Long Beach, that means going out to the concrete barrier, going into the concrete barrier barrier, and then going back out to the concrete barrier. The one safe route in the middle is the one you want to avoid the most, it sounds like. It's like the one open area down the street. The closest to the wall, the faster. Yeah. It really is that. And there's a couple of turns, like turn... I don't even know what the numbers are. But there's (laughs) one that is just a 90. They just put the concrete barrier at a 90. And you just slide into the left and you try to clip it. To be... Just to make a challenge. I couldn't yeah. imagine doing open wheels on that track because when you're driving a body, a car with a body on it, you sort of know where you are. You can look at the fenders. Actually, Adam, you would be amazed how much actually it's the opposite. Oh, really? It's easier when you have an open wheel because you can actually, I mean, for me, probably just because I've started with open wheel, but you can see where the wheel is going. Right, right. So it's easier to kind of judge, for me to judge how close I can get to the wall. When you have fenders, you like it's kind yeah. of like... I, 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 but I know, the but speeds too. Yeah, and, and the, the danger speeds. factor of wheel to wheel. Yeah, like, it just eliminates any little bit of rubbing. Yeah, it, you can't rub, and you can also you can't make any mistake. Like with with yeah. uh, you know the cars that you race there. I mean, you can actually brush the wall. Oh yeah, depending and then Many, just be fine. Sure. <laughs> Many an actor, comedian, soap star. <laughs> it's almost a requirement. Definitely yeah. flirted with that wall. <laughs> and if we do that, we're done. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So I uh, so the. So for you, you're racing all over the country. How does Long Beach stack up? It's not a dedicated track. No, 
No, it's not. But actually, the whole history of the Long Beach, right? Since I was a little kid, I remember actually watching races with my dad when Formula One was here. Mm-hmm. Just the tradition itself, it's already a place that you want to come and race, first of all. And it's, it's, an, it's a beautiful event because it's right off the ocean. The, the track literally goes around the aquarium. Uh, there's the... Takati girls and blimps <laughs> flying overhead. I mean, the pomp and circumstance. You yeah. know, I, I try to kind of tell people, look, it's not going and doing a track day at a car with your track buddies is, is cool, but you don't get the Takati girls and the crowds and the that, yeah, and that it's, the it's, jumbotron it's and people cheering than, when you pass somebody. It's a big, it's a show. It's a big right? show. Yeah, it's a it big right. show. So. And it's different, like, uh, like, other races that you know in, in California be like, oh, you got to go to Auto Club Speedway or you got to go out to Fontana, and you're like Pomona, and you're like, ah, you got to go, go out you there. You have to go somewhere yeah. where you pass a bunch of houses, and you go, who lives there? That's right. Yeah. You got to like, I got to hydrate. I got to wear a lot of sunscreen. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's a- <laughs> uh, plus, I mean, you, you see it. I mean, there are race fans, and there are people that just go there to party and look at the girls uh, and stuff. It's right? always, and I think it's a great mix. I've never. It's it's kind of like the Rose Bowl. It's always a beautiful day. I don't yeah. know how it works, but it, it never never seems to be raining. There's always a bunch of hot chicks rolling around. You grab a cold one. You, it's pretty much all you, you have all access. It's not like yeah. you, you, I mean you're not you, you, you know you need a pit pass to get in the pits. But I'm saying like you feel like you're walking around that place and you're seeing everything you need to see. Just yeah. walking in the infield or going over the bridge and going into the grandstands. Are there are there other events like that, uh, other racing events you go to where where people are watching by hanging out of hotel rooms and apartment buildings? Over um, the edges? Obviously, a couple of the street courses that we do, St. Pete, it's the one that became like this. I mean, I think they actually, when they created the track, they just copy the Long Beach okay. style. But um, in Toronto and Canada, but I think again, Long Beach is not because we're here. I mean, I, I've loved this race and and. and and that is no place as a street race. It's my favorite, and I don't think we can top this place and any other place to compare. I mean, it's just like I said, like you said. I mean, we do the drivers' parade, and you know, you say hi to the people. You know, we we're on top of a truck waving at the fans and the grandstands. But also, you look in the buildings; it's stack up of people. Yeah, from, they're huge, and they're all surrounded. Which, There's which banners is, you know, and things hanging awesome. down, and yeah. Yeah, and even with the crazy sounds of the car, you can still hear them cheering through off the balconies and in the grandstands and all that. So that's a great event. And then Indy is coming up, and we're going to Indy with the Newman documentary. And for the first time, I've never yeah. been. To I've Indy. never been. To Everyone Indy does the oh, you have to experience it, but they don't say it like you have to experience the race, which is nice. You have to experience the experience. Yeah, just the, 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 the huge, right? just how massive. That I mean, is. I don't want to spoil for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I Go ahead, wanna, you can I spoil really it a little but, bit. But Adam, it's it's. Uh, I've actually, uh, you know, my dad was a a huge race car fan, and when I was a little kid, we we're talking about your kids and my kids to give them an example of life, and I think that got me into the sport to kind of guide me of being uh, away from all the troubles, and I've always watched. On TV, and that passed away when I was 13. And I actually made a promise to myself that I was not never going to walk to the Indy 500 if I was not going to race there. And my <laughs> wow. first my first time was in 2002, and to be able to win the race in 13 was massive. But I think people are right; it's not just about the race because a race you have 33 cars. We're going to be passing each other. A couple of guys going to crash. A couple of guys going to have a good day. But 
that place with 400,000 people. Wow. You know, it's like the biggest uh, single-day event in the world. And for us, that you experience the track without anybody, and then you walk in on Gasoline Alley. That actually I can make you, if you want, race day, you could be my guest and walk with me I to the grid. I would love that. That experience, I think, if you talk to Paul Newman, Carl Haas, anybody, Michael Andretti, Mario, that walk into Gasoline Alley to the track, and then you finally see the 400,000 people, the track becomes so much smaller. Yeah. I think you, it's a great experience. You guys are both invited to come and, and, and do that walk with us. Oh, that would be amazing. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't even know where to begin. I don't even begin. know how we got here. Chris and, is flipping out. He's like, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, I, I'm just, I'm, I, I, I guess it would be the automotive version of the Kentucky Derby and that it was, it's so much, the Kentucky Derby is about the race, and then there's everything else. And and it's and it's for some reason for some people it's an excuse just to get dressed up and get drunk. For other people, they're hardcore fans of horses. But it's all the stuff, the ancillary stuff, all the yeah. parties and all the events and all the charities and all that. We're going to do a screening and and, yep. and raise a bunch of money for the for the charities and all that and for the Indy Foundation and just exciting. Mm-hmm. And you know, I didn't know before. When I started in on this Newman documentary, I was all about Newman and Newman racing Dotsons and Nissans and stuff like that. I was not that aware of the whole indie component, the Carl Haas component. I was more Bob Sharp and Newman Sharp, but I, yeah. I road racing stuff. But I really had through through the course of researching it and doing the movie, finding out, and uh, I'll I'll do a little spoiler alert. But in the movie, when I sat down with Mario Andretti, he sort of said that uh, Carl Haas used his son, Michael, to kind of get him into into it, attract him. He knew that, I think Michael was driving around Formula V or Formula, I don't know if he said Formula Ford or whatever, some Formula, yeah. fill in the blank, not one. And it wasn't Atlantic, but whatever it was. And so his dad would come with him and watch him race. And I think Haas was working on him. And then Haas and Newman didn't like each other because they raced in the Can-Am series and Haas provided the cars and Newman – Said he was giving them overweight cars. Yeah, they were always delivered late and they were too heavy. Late and overweight. He's like, Haas is always he's late he's, and overweight. I don't know how he substantiated any of those. Well, what's the best thing to team up with your enemy? Yeah, I, that's I the best that, place to be. Correct. If right. <laughs> yeah. So he he didn't like him, and 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 honestly, maybe maybe Haas wasn't the most likable dude, but he didn't like him at all. Yeah. And uh, as as highlighted in the in the documentary he basically carl haas just said look you want to team up on an open wheel team and no one's like no not with you and then he said well what if mario was driving and he He's was like, like okay. all right if mario's driving then i'm i'm in yeah. i'm in because that's how much respect newman had for mario yeah. andretti and the newman haas team as team owners they went on to win eight championships so. yeah i mean it, it was an amazing team i think uh those two guys, I almost even said it that I think they met late. Mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, I remember, you know, when I used to watch, and I remember my actually first hat that I bought. I was racing in Italy in Formula Three, and I went to this. Uh, they have this store in uh, Monza Speedway, the the racetrack, sure. and I bought a Newman Haas hat. Wow! You know, and 
you know, getting beat by them years later, it was <laughs> I, I would never tell that story somewhere else. But I was always a big Paul Newman fan, as, as apart from the artist, because he was the only guy that related to like the Hollywood, but also he raced. So I was like, oh yeah, my first watch that I actually when I made enough money to buy one, I bought the Daytona that they call the Paul Newman Daytona. So well, oh, wow, good for you yeah. because <laughs> well, I know that uh, watch. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know a whole lot of about Rolexes, but I know there's a serious collector world for, for watches. Yeah. Um, that thing, I swear somebody told me one sold for like $250,000. It's 260000 right now in a good condition. But what's funny, Adam, <laughs> it's this. Not right? that you've been paying no, 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 no. I mean, Paul Park. This is what's funny. That the watch, it's, it's a Daytona. And Rolex does not call that watch Paul Newman. Right, right. So you know the story. So basically, no, I don't know. No, all, basically, I don't Paul know was endorsed story. endorsed by the Daytona. So basically, it become it became a podium on watch. So you can actually say that is a, a Rolex Daytona podium on watch. How many? Wow. What'd you pay for it just to drive Matt nuts? Honestly, back in the day, I paid fifty thousand dollars for it, but it was fifteen years ago. Right. So that's pretty. But wow. it's about two hundred fifty grand right now. And and um. How many of those I, – I know I was reading up on it a little just because of um, all the Paul Newman memorabilia yeah. I have, which we can go uh, look at in the other shop, uh, time permitting. But I was trying to think um, – I don't know how many examples. And then they said, well, they always do the – they made that – they do this with cars, too. They go, they made this, but here's the one you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. always. You don't want this one. <laughs> right. They made a Mira, but you don't want the P. You want the SV. Like yeah. there's always the one you want over it. How many examples of the I, one you want did they make? Do you that know? I, I have no idea. I know for a fact because I asked Paul when he was still alive, and I actually asked him to sign my book, my mm-hmm. Rolex book, which he wow. signed. Wow. He so, did sign it. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Well, obviously. That's rare within itself. Well, he knew what, who I was, and also I promised him, and I said, Paul, I'm not doing this to make this watch more valuable for I can sell one day. It, it's right. not the purpose. I didn't buy the watch to resell. I'm a big fan of yours. We race against each other, but I appreciate what you've done in life, so I got him to sign. So were you going up with Sebastian Bourdais and yep. guys like that? I um, was even before that, Adam. I'm back in uh, Graham started, Rahal. Actually, they're, they're later they're generation. Later. I was actually against Michael and Christian Fittipaldi. Wow. Yeah, for years. Then uh, my last year, my first year in IndyCar, actually the year before that, I was still in Indy Lights, was Mario Arrivederci uh, right. run. Then they replaced, so there was... Uh, I raced with uh, Christian and Paul Tracy when Paul Tracy was there. But All then right. Michael was there for the longest time. Then there was uh, back in the Trump Car day. So then Cristiano D'Amata and Fittipaldi. Then we had the split. Right. Then when they came back to IndyCar, that was Graham and mm-hmm. Bourdais and those guys. Yeah, but yeah. Your, your generation of racing is mine as well. And I think that's the greatest time to be a part of that with, with you out there and with those guys. I mean, ba- so back, amazing to watch. Yeah, I think, you know, and I remember clearly because, you know, unfortunately, Paul started to get really sick. So did Carl. So towards the end on the new era, the new IndyCar, they're, they rarely showed up to the track. But, you know, back in 98, 99, 2000, I mean, Paul was there every race. Carl was there like, you know. 
I don't know if you know you for sure you know he before the races you would go and top in front of the, the front the wing and bless the car and you know all those things that uh, it's like you never forget if you haven't lived through it mm-hmm. you can tell the story people won't understand what we're saying you know uh it is uh really just a whole interesting chapter and uh yeah, Sebastian Bourdais won four in a row. Four in a row. Which is pretty damn good, especially when you meet the guy because he's very unassuming. <laughs> yeah. Although nobody looks – I guess astronauts don't look like astronauts when you meet them. <laughs> <laughs> right. Either. Also, he's kind of he's kind of quiet. He's, he's, he's French. He's French. He's French. He's French. Come on. He's a very sweet, <laughs> sweet guy. I interviewed yeah. him for that. But you look at him with that, those glasses. You don't. You can't yeah, tell that guy won four championships. He's got and the wrong frames for a guy <laughs> who won he four in have, a row. He doesn't have championship frames is what he doesn't have. <laughs> you want championship frames. Forza Motorsport. These guys. What can we say? Love these guys. They're going to scan some of my Newman cars, right? We're going to oh, yeah, get these yeah, into gonna, the race, Yeah, we're going to photograph them and hopefully put them in a game. Oh, man. What an honor. That is uh, just going to be awesome. I'm going to do crazy shit with your cars in that game, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to screw those cars up big time. (laughs) Have fun. Forza. Uh, These guys are just the best. I don't know. uh, Over 200 locations. um, World's, uh, sorry, uh, locations all over the world, but over 200 cars. And they just keep adding them on. Like, they just keep scanning and adding and evolving, and it just gets better. It's available on uh, Amazon. You click through our site, visit Forza Motorsport Net for the latest news. And uh, we'll be doing some stuff with them and the Newman Dock and our cars and all that kind of stuff. So just look for that, please. All right. So uh, is there a story? Is there a Senna story? Yeah. I I heard a Senna story. I, I really enjoyed that documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, man, how could you not? Um I don't know what your connection was. I just heard it. You had Tony had a, a Senna story. It was a, a really close connection. Uh, you know, obviously racing in Brazil. Uh, Senna was from Brazil for people that don't know. And, and, and as a matter of fact, after you guys watched the Paul Newman documentary, you should watch Senna as well. I think it's a pretty good one. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. We've already seen this. Yeah, yeah, everyone definitely see it. If you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> you've seen Senna. But growing up growing up in Brazil, um, I lost my dad when I was 13. And I made he had cancer. And I made him a promise that I was going to keep racing because that's what we did, me and him as a little kid. Uh-huh. Uh, you start know, with five, go-karts. I was go-karts. I was eight years old. I started winning championships. I won five championships in a row. And in the middle of the road, he gets sick. Right. And, you know, it was really, um, it was, I think, in a way, Adam, like we're talking about our kids before you start the show, it was a way he's trying to direct me not to get diverted if he wasn't around. I was the oldest son, so I had to take care of my mom and my sister. But anyway, racing go karts, and after losing my dad, it, racing is expensive. Right. right. I mean, you, you have to have a sponsor. And obviously, dad was my sponsor. And once we lost him, we couldn't have anything. So one day, Senna. Was already in Formula One, and decided that he built an actually a go kart track and his farm. Wow! So <laughs> and it, because he started karting, because we all yeah. in Brazil it's big. All the drivers are starting karting. In America, it's different. They do midgets, quarter midgets, and uh, different stuff. But in Brazil, karting it's huge. Well, and in the documentary when they interview Senna, there's like well, you know what do you miss or what's the purest form of racing? When it's like go karts, karts, yeah. And, and then like that's what that. we've I've done my entire life, and I still do it as today as as part of my training for the race car. Right. So he invites 
I think we're looking at a picture of you, sir. Here you go. 19. That's it. Look at that. <laughs> my <laughs> nose was small, man. <laughs> um, well, you didn't tell as many lies. <laughs> <back then. laughs> That's true. <laughs> Bullshitting a lot of chicks along the way. Trying I to did. Lied, I did. <laughs> um, See so this he Rolex invites... watch, sweetheart. Yeah, 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 you know, it's yeah, worth. You know, you know it's two million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Paul Newman gave Paul it to Newman me. Gave it to me. <laughs> told me I was the best racer he'd ever met. <laughs> <laughs> So he invites all these Formula One drivers, IndyCar drivers to do this race, and he wants a go-kart racer, Mm -hmm. and they pick me. I've never had met the guy. The guy was my racing hero. Like, for me, he was God. So I showed up. It's like just shaking to meet the guy speechless. You're what age? 16. 16. So you're you're 16, and you're a really good kart racer. You've won a lot of championships. But I had no money. I no money, but he he's how old at this time? Senna was probably 28, 29, had won two championships already in so Formula he's, 1. So he's king of the world in the F1 department, but he goes way, he goes old school with the karting, and he says, yeah. I want a guy, I want some guy who drives a go-kart he in throws a, he, th- no, he throws a potty in, right. and the farm to like the inaugural race of his track, mm-hmm. and he puts all, a bunch of his buddies together. It's like the celebrity race. Sure. But he says, well, let's, let's invite a little kid that I, I want to I take a look. Because he was always trying to give it back to the sport. And right. Then, here no, we no, go. We're looking at a picture of you. <laughs> anyway, we get the there. Uh, as a 16-year-old, obviously, I was, I was with my racing hero, but I want to beat him so bad. Right? Sure. Right. right. Like, well, so, so you're 16, right? So that's what you want to do. We go to the race. So we do qualify and qualify P1. And Senna qualifies P2. And <laughs> he wasn't happy about that. And he decides that. Before the start, five minutes before the start, he's going to invert the grid. So uh-huh. the first had to start last, and the last will start first. I said, well, why just the first guy? If you're going to invert it, do the do, whole thing. Do the whole yeah. thing. Just go so backwards. he's like, no, good idea. So me and him, last row, okay. 33 right. guys. Um, so we start the race. We go on. So I win the race. He finishes second. That was that You went out right. You pass all those guys. All those guys who could drive, right? All Formula One drivers, yeah, but yeah. obviously, to be fair, I was a go-kart driver, so I had a more handle of the go-kart than them, although we we're drivers. Yeah, but Seda has a track in his backyard. It was so his own track like and his own car. Talk about home track. Is right? it, uh, I'm not looking to diminish the victory at all, but <laughs> considering late. it's Aaron Senna and it's his home track, could it be that you weighed 15 pounds less than no, him no. or something? No, like? they, they level the field with weights, right? They weighed everybody oh, and they the weight. Yeah, yeah, I see yeah. that. Oh. <laughs> he was not going to want to lose. So basically, uh-huh. the heavier guys, so they gave a minimum weight. So I had to add a ton of weight to my go kart because I was really tiny and I was. Wow. Oh, my God. So I win the race and he's like, man, you're really good. And that picture that we saw, and he said, if, if you ever need help in your career, um, come see me. So, obviously, I wanted to tell him right away. That was back in 1991, and I'm saying, I, I need a help now. But I didn't say anything. <laughs> I get hired to drive for an Italian team back in 93, and uh, my I only I got hired to do five races because I didn't have a, a, enough sponsorship. And my fifth race of the year was in the same day as a Formula One race in Hockenheim in Germany. My race was like the, the, like the celebrity race in Long Beach, the previous race before the Formula right, One. Right. So, it's my last race. I'm actually starting on the pole, and then... See, he, he, uh, I knew he was there, and I went to see him in his motor room. I said, hey, I, I said, hey Tony, I've been watching you. You really, you've been doing good, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, this is my last race. I don't have enough sponsorship to continue, and, uh, but we're starting on the pole. He's like, well, you know, if you, if you try to do your best, if you win the race, maybe they can get you. The, the, the team can give you a couple, couple more races. And uh, I left. That was a Saturday afternoon. At the end of the day on Saturday, he shows up in my paddock. 
knocks on the door in our truck and shows up and asks, hey, uh, I'm introduce himself like he needs an introduction, mm -hmm. right? And calls my team owner and he says, uh, I heard uh, Tony's been driving for you. That's his last race. He says, yeah, you know, and he said, if for you, I would hire him because he's better than me. Wow. <laughs> and I got the job for the rest of the year. And wow. unfortunately, a year later, he passed away. It is, uh, you know. That's a great story. Yeah. <laughs> and I can, I can tell you a Willie T. Ribbs story with Newman that's basically the same, which is um, it, it, this is why philosophically it's, it's kind of important to be good to people because eventually something may happen to you on the track or off the track or maybe just over the course of time. And really what's going to be left behind is people, their interactions, and then their stories. And that Matt's name's going to come up. Someone's going to go, oh, that cheap prick. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> He's dead good. <laughs> oh, wait, he owed me money. All right. So you don't want that. No. And it's like when in the Newman documentary, you got Willie T. Ribbs sitting there and he's going, I didn't have enough money to race. And I did a couple of races and a couple of Trans Am races, but I didn't have And then I got, I, but Newman called, I, Newman called me and he said, I got you a sponsor and I got you on a team and I got you on one of the best teams and one of the best teams racing against Newman. Yeah. Like yeah. he's going to get the competition now. And then, uh, of course, Ribs ends up being the first black man to race at the Indianapolis 500, all sort of because of what Newman did. But see, Newman's not around, but his stories are around, and Willie T. Ribs is still around, and Willie T. Ribs is willing to tell that story, just like Tony's willing to tell the Senna story. And when you hear those kind of stories, you go, man, what a guy. Like It is, and, and honestly, sometimes it's hard to... to get the story out because some people think you're bragging about that you knew your hero and how big this guy was but i think those people are hard to come around you know like newman like senna like and i think that that legacy i i've been trying to do that myself and every once in a while go back home and find a kid that it's still struggling and racing and maybe has the same values that we think we do because you know nowadays kids can get extremely spoiled but it's it's unbelievable what like you said, I'm an Adam. I, I, you know, you know the story, and and you win races, you collect cars. Yeah, but they're at the end of the day, they have history, but they will be there. But the stories, I think, they're a lot more value. I, I to, to, you know, that's why you make a movie about it. <laughs> that's what yeah, it exactly, exactly. Yeah, I took myself out of this movie, though. By the way, could have been a tactical error. I gotta yeah. say, well, your name's on it. All right, I yeah. get credit. Yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I pop up a little at the end, but uh, to be honest. We made this documentary, and I, I was in it. I was interviewing everybody yeah. and talking to people and blah, blah, blah. And somebody saw it, somebody who I respected. I actually I didn't even know them. It's just somebody sort of worked in the business. And they said, uh, we said, what do you think? And they said, well, with Adam in it, it's a good TV show. And with Adam out of it, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. And I said, well, let's make it a movie. And we got me out of it. Yeah, so, but I don't think that's you. I think it's just more focus on the Newman, Newman yeah, and the story in it, and, and I, I, I it ended, ended up turning not only did it turn out great, but we also have a lot of great footage and interviews and stuff with you that could be on the DVD extras and things like that. So there's some really, really good stuff. Yeah, Adam's it. actually asking a lot of the questions and, and talking to the guy, but now you you won't even know. Almost all of them, basically. Yeah. Like we went into all of these interviews, and they're all like, "Shh, 
Well, I got to say that the thing that was really nice uh, when you're talking about Newman and uh, one day when you're talking about Tony and or now Senna, everybody comes out of the woodwork and goes, I want to talk about this person. And I want to tell a story about this person. And there's no like, you know, Mario Andretti, Robert Redford. None of them are like, hey, beat it. We're busy over here. I don't have time. Yeah. yeah. If I said to them, hey, listen, I'm doing a romantic comedy, they'd be like, yeah, hit the bricks. <laughs> but when you go, uh, when you go, I want to talk about Paul Newman, they go, oh, yeah, we'll make time for that, uh, which is kind of an ultimate respect again. You yeah. know, that these guys with these schedules and they're legendary and none of them even live here, all carved out a bunch of time to sit down and talk about this guy they respect so much. That's part of the legacy. For sure. Absolutely. For sure. All right. We have a question. Someone's a huge fan. But first, uh, escrow.com. Simple and inexpensive. Protect yourself, whether you're buying or selling cars, parts, whatever it is. You're going online. You're going to eBay Motors. You're going to Craigslist, Auto Trader, Classic Cars, Classic Cars, uh, and uh, any cars.com, whatever it is. Wherever you're buying a car, you just you don't know. They don't know. You don't know. That's where escrow.com comes in. It could be parts, in. too. Like you're buying engines across the country. You're buying wheels and tire kits. Not even just cars. Cars, anything that where somebody says this is what you're getting, but we don't know what you're getting until you get it. They want the money. You want the car or vice versa. There's a way to get screwed on both ends. Not anymore. Escrow.com. Here's how it works. The buyer and seller agree to the price. Escrow.com comes in and uh, the seller ships the car. The buyer inspects the car, accepts it, and then gets paid. And like I said, both ways. And there's scams going all over the place. People promising stuff online, out of the country, the other side of the world. I mean, you, you, you're looking at some of these cars. Some of these cars are coming out of Japan and Europe, and you're living in Chatsworth. <laughs> the hell are you supposed <laughs> to figure this stuff out? Protect yourself with escrow.com. All right, let's see. I've got a question for Tony. Let's see, line one. Line one, uh, Mike. Well, let's see. Is Mike up there? You got him potted up, uh, Chris? Tony? Mike. Oh, I'm sorry. Mike? <laughs> I'm here. Tony's here. Uh, yeah, I'm here. Sorry. Tony's still here. <laughs> I've been working a lot lately. Here we go. Mike? No. We lost Mike. That's too bad because he's a huge fan he can of He call Tony's. back. All right. From uh, Silicon Valley. You got a question, uh, by the way? We want to uh, do like a email or Facebook or whatever question? Yeah. And if you guys want to uh, write in, just go to carcastshow.com and click the contact page and it'll help you out. Uh, this is a Facebook from Daniel. Uh, what's up, guys? In your opinion, what's the best way to eventually introduce my son to working on cars? He's two and a half now, so I've got time, but I'm looking forward to the day when he can help me spin wrenches. Thanks for all you do. Yeah. According to Tony, two and a half is too late. Yeah, you should be a five-time champion by now. Yep. Uh, well, <laughs> let's think of a car. I mean, the problem is you can't work on modern cars. Well, what really? about the go-karts? I mean, you're talking about yeah. the go-karts. You can work on those and start messing around with, you know. Absolutely. I uh, I love the ones. By the way, there's nothing better than the ones with the lawn, uh, not the lawnmower, the uh, they are. chainsaw. The, 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 well, yeah. The, well. the chainsaw motors <laughs> in them. Then my kid has one with the lawnmower because he's seven right. and... You know, I, Briggs I, and Stratton, yeah, centrifugal clutch and all, but the cool older ones that had the weird funky chainsaw yeah. motors in them and had like two of them, 
Those are yeah. old school. What was your cart back in the day? My cart, actually, because Brazil was so far behind of Europe and America, I actually, they didn't make a kid cart. Nowadays, you have a kid cart that it's like a, just a 50cc. Right. I had a full 125cc carburetor back in the days that I actually have to dial the carburetor in, right. top and bottom, and it was so fast. It was like... I was I was I remember because was it a motorcycle I, motor? No, it was a proper go kart motor built by a coal guard company. Oh, I didn't. Couldn't, yeah, yeah, I didn't even know they made dedicated go kart. And that, motors. actually, yeah. that picture that you guys posted that I'm, when I was a little mm-hmm. kid, you can see the motor. It was specially built for go kart. Now, did you and, build the cart as well? Yeah, here you go. That's the motor. Yeah. See, yeah, that's a spark plug on the top with the carburetor in the bottom. But yeah, actually, Dad. On that made me work on my go kart all the time. I didn't. I had no clue what I was doing at the time, but I had two mechanics. But he, I had to take my wheels out, dismount my tires. Sometimes open the engine. Obviously, when the supervised put it back together. But that's that was a big thing for that to make me work on it. So go kart's a good car. I mean, a good place to start. I'm trying to think of like an enthusiast car. That, uh, you know, I'm partial to Datsun, but of course, I like I, what's nice is if you get like an old mm, Datsun Roadster, you open the hood, there's a ton of room because it's just an inline four. It's not yeah. using up the whole bay. It's very simple. You can get to the spark plugs pretty easily, and the carburetors and things like that. Good luck with the starter. <laughs> put it right under the exhaust manifold. Like you kept it literally, it's insane. Anyway. It makes me angry. The point <laughs> is, is, damn you. But, uh, you know, I think it'd be fun if you got yourself something, little weekend fun thing, and then something that took a little dialing in and that, that you could mess around with the yeah. advance or retardation or whatever on the on the distributor and change a cap, change the rotors, uh, plugs and brakes. And, you know, that, that that that's a pretty straightforward little thing. I mean, there's a whole bunch of those cars. Yeah. It was every car built before, you know, 1975. Like, you know, as a kid, we had a couple of, of project cars going on and there was engines and stuff and engines you take out, put different engines in. And those spare engines are great to mess around on. If you're pulling the heads off for the first time and you're trying to, uh, you know, adjust valves or something like that for the first time, do it on some you know, do it on a junkyard. Exactly, engine, you know? especially just, for just kids to get we, in there and break. We like it. to take stuff apart, and sometimes yeah. you don't know how to put it together. But have him take him apart, and yeah. then teach him how to put it back together. Yeah, but also know that you know you can lead a horse to water, but you can't get him to turn a open ended wrench, <laughs> as they say. <laughs> that- it's like you're into it or you're not into it and yeah. the the thing is is we th- like to think we can coach our kids up to everything and the reality is is if you're a gearhead you're a gearhead yeah. and you're into it and uh, look if you're if you're a drummer you'll be banging on pots and pans when you're 4 years old well you'll know it if you're not we'll know it as well i give my my kid is 7 uh, he asked me because he's been seeing me racing all his life to go go karting. I took him twice. He said, "I I don't like it." <laughs> okay. You I, I, did, you, that, did you weep a little? A little <laughs> not really. To be honest, man, I don't know if I want him to do that. You know, sometimes yeah. like 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 Adam's saying, it's you have a, you have a tendency to overprotect your kids as well. Mm-hmm. I think for him to do exactly the same thing I do 
talk to Mario Andretti and Michael Andretti. It's such a big responsibility when you have somebody in your family that is extremely successful because now they're going to expect your kid to be better than you. It's like Michael Jordan's kid has to play basketball better than Michael Jordan, and then maybe yeah. that's not going to happen. Yeah, thankfully my dad had a shitty podcast <laughs> back in the 70s. <laughs> so so I, now passed just him on the, I passed him like the first week. <laughs> no problem. And his father was even worse than him. Oh, I'm glad my dad's not good at anything that way. Yeah. Everything I do is better. <laughs> I, uh, all I had to do was graduate high school, and I jumped to the top of the Corolla leaderboard. I just needed to attend. Attend high school, and I was already a step ahead. <laughs> I got my first Datsun mini pickup truck, and I was well ahead of my dad. Yeah. Smoked him. It's <laughs> oh, funny. Uh, yeah, it's got to be. It's 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 got to be daunting, and and I agree. And I love. I I think we all love the story. I don't know why, but when you f- there's some famous actor or race car driver or what have you. And you ask them what their son or daughter does, and they go, oh, he manages a hotel. And you're like, oh, it's completely, it's yeah. nothing to do. A hotel for race car drivers? <laughs> like, no, just a hotel. <laughs> just does something completely other than what the parent yeah. does. I, I like that. And yeah, it's got to be tough. Michael had a lot of success, but, you know, Mario Andretti, I mean. Yeah. Oh, no, it's Marco. Even oh, Marco. Marco. Yeah, I forgot son. about Marco. So it's like, yeah, because now like two of us did it. So yeah. now you got to Because, you know, talk about suck. Mario. It's Mario, then Michael that won 80 races, championships. Then then you go, now you're expecting Marco to be better than both of them. Well, Paul Haas was like, Mario won Formula One. He won Indy. He won Daytona. He won Daytona. He won open wheel. He doing open wheel. I mean, not open wheel, dirt track. You know, yeah. stuff like he just whatever you put him in, he just he just. If I was Mark, I'd be a chef. That's like, <laughs> I, just don't even don't even try. I would just. <laughs> it's a tough. I mean, I've been Marco's teammate, and I raced for Michael for a long time. Michael actually, we won the cha- the 2004 championship together, and and I remember Marco growing up coming in to be as my teammate. It's such a big responsibility. It's not that you want that responsibility for your kid, but it waits like the pressure and journalists and people like so. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, if you're going to put those two guys, your dad and your grandfather, wins together, you're going to have to race for 100 years to be able to match that. And then it's not possible. I think what Tony's saying is you, your kid's in good shape. Yeah. They're... It's fine. All they got to do is re- rebuild one Fox body Mustang correctly. <laughs> <and you're... laughs> now, our kids, Tony's kid and my kid, well, that's going to be tough. Look, pressure's off me, pressure's off my <laughs> non existent kids. Yeah. yeah, I just worry for your non existent kids. When your non existent son is born yeah. and then he hits puberty, Dollar Shave Club. Dollar Shave Club. Dollar Shave Club. Razors, they're expensive, but it's mainly about your time. Walk. You want your kid wandering around looking for the right cartridge for the right handle? No. Dollar Shave Club. They send you out the handle, and then they send all the replacements. Tony, what are you doing your head? What do you, what no, do you got going here? I only shave my face, but only my head, face. I I, uh, I, uh, I cut really short, but I yeah. don't shave you it. You don't go but... too short. Everyone no. be like, hey, Vin Diesel, hey. Yeah, always, yeah. always. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can do a lot worse uh, than the diesel. Anyway, Dollar Shave Club, uh, they give you the handle, and then they send you the replacement blades, and they do it every month or every other month, a couple bucks a month. Do it for your 
family, do it for your dad, do it for your son, do it for your grandpa, whatever. Upgrade. Let's be smart. DollarShaveClub.com slash CarCast. DollarShaveClub.com slash CarCast. I use it. It's it's just easier. You know? one, one less thing to hassle with, and it's cheap. This is a good deal because my kid's going to be poor anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, just stack up until he's born, and you give yeah. it to him when, and you know. Yeah, just yeah, they get it now. Like, hey, yeah. people don't even use razors anymore, but <laughs> this is back in the day. Back in the day, that's how we used to shave. <laughs> this is how we used to do it before they had lasers. Uh, all right, and now did we figure out if uh, Mike is? Oh, line five. Was I hitting the wrong one or something? Or I screwed. No, that he was up? on line one earlier, but oh, and I was on yeah. line five. Okay, hey, Mike. <laughs> we we got a Mike. He's on line five. Um, oh, here he is. Oh, Huge fan can of you hear me? Yeah. yeah, there you are. Yeah, hang on. Okay, I can <laughs> okay. just barely hear you. All right, well, Tony's here if you'd like to heap some praise on him. Yeah, I really would. Hey, Adam, um, I have a Willie T. Ribs story if you'd like it. Please. Okay. Um, this was after the Indy 500, and I was at 24-Hour Fitness mm-hmm. in San Jose, and I saw him. I saw Willie T. Ribs, and I walk over to him, and I say, hey, you look like Willie T. Ribs. And he puffed up. He puffed up at me, and he says, that's because I am Willie T. Ribs. <laughs> How long after the Indy 500 was this? Uh, it was a week. Wow. Wow. And he's in, that's right. His dad had a farm in San Jose, right? Mike? I don't know, but I, I met him in San Jose. I'm telling you that his dad had a farm in, like, Fresno or San Jose. I can't remember. Somewhere around there. That was the story, as I recall. We'll we'll, we'll figure it out. Now he's uh, in Texas. Yeah, he's, he's around, in Texas. He's outside of Austin. Yeah. And when he answers the phone, he does it, like, a, in a chick's voice. Yeah. Which means he well, owes somebody money. That's all I know. He's, like, he's his own secretary. I'm like, Willie? Oh, yeah, it's you. Cool. All right. We're all right now. Just checking. Just, Just checking, check brother. All right. So uh, you want to, Mike? Yeah. Question for Tony? Um, yeah. Hey, Tony. It's uh, it's wonderful to talk to you. And I just wanted to tell you that um, I've been watching the Indy 500 all my life. And, you know, back to the days when when people died in crashes, and I mean way back, right? And um, there are a lot of drivers that you're pulling for to win the thing, but I've never pulled for anybody to win the thing more than myself and the fans pulled for you, and you won it. And we were so proud of you and so happy for you because I, I have to tell you, I'm, I'm kind of an Elio fan, and you know, it was just year after year, you didn't have it, and your Brazilian friends had it, and then you came through and won, and it was amazing. I was just thrilled. I appreciate it. I mean, you know, I feel sorry for you, your Adios fan, but that's okay. You know, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He's a good friend of mine. And uh, no, thanks, Mike. It was uh, obviously there's a lot more into that win than just the win. Uh, I mean, I think we touched it a little bit in this show right now, but uh, it was a promise that I made to my dad. Uh, that I made to actually my um, to my kid at the time, so uh, it was a really special win for me. And having, uh, you know, the two previous winners of that year, you remember it was Dan Weldon, the late Dan Weldon, and then Dario Franchitti, which is th- my two best friends in racing. And to have the, our three faces right next to each other in that trophy makes even more special. And it goes back to what Adam, Adam was saying here before. 
it's it's the stories. It's yeah. not just mm-hmm. about the win. Willie T. Ribs' dad owned a plumbing place in San Jose. Yeah, it's from San Jose. Yeah, yeah. Plumbing, family so, plumbing business. Family plumbing business. I was thinking about that and thought I was confusing him with our buddy Charles is out that direction and makes plumbing fittings. But yeah, <laughs> either plumbing. Charles or Willie T. Ribs. Jesus, his dad had a plumbing and- business <laughs> in San Jose. Drives. He's the most confusing black man ever. There's <laughs> none of the none of the stereotypical traits. No. He's, he's confounding <laughs> us white people. That's- <laughs> well, you know, you know why he's so confusing, Adam. Mm. It's just like he said. That's because I am Willie T. Ribs. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. So you're going to be pulling for Tony this year, right? Yeah, I'm always pulling for Tony. And uh, like I said, when he won the Indy 500, it was just it was fantastic for the fans. And uh, congratulations, Tony. You're a great driver. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. Okay, see you. Yeah, tell you who I'm pulling for. Drop stop, baby. The original <laughs> patent and seat gap filler. Yeah, I probably don't need one of these in an Indy car, but uh, you're driving a street wouldn't car. Wouldn't hurt. That eh, couldn't hurt. doesn't weigh anything. It's nope. not going to slow you down. You're driving a street car. All the stuff falls out of your pockets. Your phone, your cell phone drops down. The guy who invented this thing was just driving along Sunset Boulevard's cell phone. By the way, none of us are wired to do what the cops want us to do, which is like, well, I have to take a cell phone. I'm going to pull over on the side of the road, you know. It's defeating the purpose also, of the Also, when thing. I see the guy pulled over on the phone, I'm like, look at that idiot on the yeah. side of the road. Yeah. And it's even worse for race car drivers because we have like 25 buttons on the steering wheel, so we have to do 10 things at the same time. Yeah. You're driving as fast as you can. So it's like, it's actually offensive Yes. <laughs> to say, come on, you want me to pull over to just so pick up that. my phone? I mean, well, you should get, you know, like... You should get a special privilege as a race car driver. Yeah. Like I've a s- sticker on the window that says like, I've said diplomatic it many immunity. Time. I would like, you know, look, I've said it I've said it as well about drinking and driving. I should get a heavyweight status. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is you give my mom half yeah. a glass of champagne, she's all over the place. That's dangerous. I could handle a couple of beers. Yeah, uh, okay. We've done it at the uh listen, uh when we were at the um uh, Laguna Seca one yeah. year. I won the Rolex Cup. I had a couple of glasses of champagne uh, over at the Quail. I cut myself off. Yeah, like, look, it's it's practice at 9 a.m., drink from 10 to 3, <laughs> race at 4. <laughs> I cut myself off at noon. <laughs> okay, noon. I or, went out and got one. that Rolex Cup. <laughs> I got to believe I had yeah. a little bit of shit. Hey, Did, guys back there have a little shit. Did you ever know. put anything other than water in the drink <laughs> button, by the way? No. No, just water? No. Yeah, some, because it gets actually... It, it's the bag sits on the side of the radiator, so it's actually hot, hot water. water. Hot so water. You don't want, it, it, yeah, it's, well, we can't. We don't have enough space in those yeah. cars, so it's uh, yeah. No one wants warm whiskey. <laughs> Nineteen ninety nine. Anyway, the guy dropped his phone. Yeah, who invented this? And instead of pulling over to a side street and like looking for it, he started feeling around for it. And next thing you know, he's on the sidewalk in yep. his car and almost ran someone over. So let's not have that happen. It's drop stop. Available at Walmart. You go to the automotive section or Amazon. Uh, you click through our website. It'd be nice. Buydropstop.com is where you go. You just go go to buydropstop.com and uh, use the code Adam. Get a couple of free gifts uh, plus uh, some free shipping. All right, Chris, you got one more question for us? Yeah, this one's from Troy. He wants to know what your favorite track here is in the U.S. and also if you've ever driven the Nürburgring and if so, in what car? So he touched a very good point. Nurburgring, it's one of the tracks, the long the long course that I wanted to race, but I've never did. My favorite track, Adam just touched to it, 
in America, it's Laguna Seca. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love that. Ro- that. As far as road course, now if you're going to talk about the tradition and everything else, it's going to be the Indianapolis 500. Sure. But Laguna, it's awesome. I won a couple races there, and the from just the track, the racing stand, not the experience. You're just saying the, just as a track the, the stand, layout of the Laguna track Seca, with the corkscrew yeah. and all. You know, we going. hear that a lot. <laughs> well, the the first off, the setting is breathtaking. Yeah. I mean, it's nestled in. It's not. You're not going to Fontana. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're going. <laughs> poor Fontana. Poor Fontana. You're going to the hills up there yeah. in Monterey. So it's it's nestled amongst the hills. Yeah. But the elevation change is what's really a fun part about that track that you, you know, at Long Beach, it's great, but you don't have the elevation change. When we, we go do Coronado, it's a vintage race. It's on the military base. You know, it, it's set up like Sebring. You know, it's it's. It's a parking lot, a yep. bunch of cones and barriers yep. and stuff in it, but you don't get that feeling of just going up that back hill, you know, just falling back in your seat, not re- be able to see over the top of what's what's coming up next. So you, got, you know, you do the uh, Andretti hairpin, I guess, down at the end of the straightaway, but bef- turn one at Laguna Seca is not really a turn. It's kind of a hill with a little kink in it, and your car will get a little bit light coming over the top mm. of that thing and you're setting up for that first thing and it's just it's the elevation to yeah, me you're along the fun for part. the ride and you know it's what fascinates me in that track it's it's that the turn one the corkscrew you you like there those are blind corners and after a hill that it goes downhill your car gets airborne a little bit you just you're along for the ride you're guessing every time i get i got to the corkscrew there i'm guessing where i'm gonna go because you can't see especially yeah. in our cars we were sitting so low so it is uh, my all-time favorite, for sure. Yeah, that's got to be amazing. Well, like at those speeds, you um, <laughs> indie speeds. <laughs> you you went uh, Zanardi through there. I, I think I, in a in a in a Lexus. He 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 went out for a test lap, and they black flagged him. <laughs> he drove right through. <laughs> it was the fastest right way through that turn. Is the straight. It is. It is. Straight. It is. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Um, See, Tony, not, li- Tony, not legal, but it's yeah. but it is. Tony endorses that move, <laughs> so I'm good now. <laughs> and I had, uh, I think you're talking about uh, Dario Franchitti. I think his brother was in my race. Marino. Oh yeah, Marino. He was the one who's driving that Cosworth thing. Yes. No business being in my race. <laughs> oh, it was really fast. <laughs> yeah, but, he was really fast, but it kept breaking. Which yeah. I was happy well, about. that's the thing. He was really fast, and then like three laps before the end of the race, it broke, and he was done, and no win. I still don't know what the that car thing was. It was a V8 Cosworth powered. Yeah, I don't remember. Something fast. It, was, it looked like, I don't know what to call them other than the miniature Can-Am cars. <laughs> yeah. What are those things? Can you find a, if you find the race, I think from last year, he's trying to pass me for a little bit, then he does. Well, but, look up his name and look up the vintage race. Yeah. And I gotta figure out what the I gotta figure out what the hell that thing was. It was some type of prototype, wasn't yeah, it? It's yeah, it's a prototype. Right. Because it, people do crazy stuff like that. You pick a really big engine and they build a, a chassis around it. And yeah, and we've seen some of the the vintage cars out there where back in the day to lighten them up, you know, they it looks like it has a, a roll cage or a, a frame in it, but it's but it's really really thin. thin. You know, it, it's yeah. like aluminum foil. You know, we actually call those like electric chairs because yeah. if you crash, you die on them. You know? <laughs> there you it, go. It is, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 it's no weight versus lots of horsepower versus big slicks. 
and, yeah. and you know, that's which, the combo. Which is like a concept in racing that it makes no sense because it makes sense because lightness and power, you're going to go quicker, but then you need the grip and the aerodynamics, which you don't have. Right. And then they make those cars, the tubes, and you know, sometimes a tubular chassis that it's aluminum instead of tie. And it's right. like, yeah. it's crazy. It's really like. Yeah, I'm going to find, Chris, find out what that car is, or at least we can show you some, some pictures of it. There it is. There you go. It's, yeah, that's basically a prototype, like yeah. of some sort. Somebody built it, and and I'm out there racing a bone stock Z car. <laughs> that's not fair. Bro. He's got no, <laughs> no. business. <laughs> no, he just keeps circling everybody out there. The thing uh, was cool. I, I was cool held him off for a lap, I think, but that's only because there are other people. <laughs> See, he the best way around. to do it was should I take him out? Ah, uh, <laughs> he had a radiator hose. Take him out. It's a Golf Mirage GR8. And I'm guessing the eight means it has the eight Cosworth in it versus the four yeah. Cosworth in it. But man, you want to talk about something that is just born to scoot around that track? I mean, I give you an example. Honda took an Indy car back in the days, a Trump car engine, which was a V10 turbo, a thousand horsepower, and put it on a minivan. Oh, really? <laughs> just for fun, and made it so original that people wouldn't see it. Like the the engine itself, Adam actually was in the back seat. Like mm-hmm. it was just like a front seat and the passenger. Oh, the yeah. whole back was. But can you imagine you stop in a traffic light and you just beat like a yeah? Well, well they, did they, it still they, sound like an indie car? Did they make well, it quieter? No, they it made so... it a little quieter. It sounded a little bit more than a minivan, but it's still like because <laughs> if you pulled crazy. up and the minivan sounded yeah, like they, an indie car, rather sequential gearbox <laughs> and stuff, you know. They said uh, in the in the Newman documentary, Leno was saying that. The English call those Q cars, and that I wonder if it's Q like Q from James Bond, like inventing a bunch of crazy stuff. But 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 Newman, yeah, where does Q car come? Newman from? had a VW that had a V8 in it, in the in, middle in of a, it in the back, like yeah, not back middle, yeah, yeah. like where the you the know V8. behind the seat. You can yeah, the thing see is, the engine's the so big that you have to take space on the back right. seat. He yeah, would, he would he would drive. Mario Andretti was telling me that. And it's in the movie. They said he'd drive around in that Volvo station wagon, had a big V8 in it. Yeah. And he'd just kind of drive around. And But he, Mario said, oh, when it came time, if he wanted to open someone's eyes, he would open someone's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny that he – that in a, in a weird way, Newman was, was into that. I think part of it is because he had a sense of humor. He sort of just – it was a goof for him. But also he liked the idea of driving just to – what looked like the bone stock Volvo wagon uh, around, you know, Connecticut, but yeah. it had a blown small block. I think it was small block Ford. That, that, Ford that's that's one of my, like my projects that I was still going to do when they get a bone stock car that nobody cares, yeah. 20 years old, and put a 1,000 horsepower in and then <laughs> just go out and pretend that you can't drive and then you beat those guys with <laughs> the new Bugattis. And, yeah. you know, can you imagine you pay $2 million for a Veyron and then you get beat by a... A beetle. Well, I, I, yeah, you, <laughs> but with Tony cannot drive. Yeah, no, we'll tint the windows so nobody okay, knows so who's driving. Don't think but, it's Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel's exactly fast and furious. Yeah. All right. Before we head out, Zip Recruiter, baby, hiring. Not sure we're going to find the best candidates. Ah, as a business owner, I know good help is hard to find. I mean, not you, Chris. You're one of the good ones, man. But the rest of the guys, Zip Recruiter, <laughs> post. Uh, to over 100-plus job sites, single-click, 
best chance of finding the perfect candidate. Just post once within 24 hours. You can watch candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface used by over 300,000 businesses. You want to find the right employees, you go to try ZipRecruiter. Try it free, by the way. Get the perfect candidate and... uh, you know, don't go anywhere else. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash podcast. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash podcast. You try it out. Try it out for free. What are the chances? It's free. You're not taking any chances. It's free. It's ZipRecruiter.com slash podcast. All right. If you want to support the uh, show, go to CarCastShow.com and bookmark us and give us a nice uh, shout out on Amazon and uh Hit the Amazon banner and all that and give us a nice uh, shout-out, I should have said, on iTunes and watch us uh, climb the charts and all that kind of good stuff. The Newman Doc and Take a Knee and the call, the stuff, the Mangria, it's all out there. Just go to AdamCrolla.com. Now, the event, of course, that's the Long Beach Grand Prix that is uh, coming up uh, this weekend. Tony's going to be there, and he's going to be kicking ass. Website, TonyCanon.com. Oh, I'm sorry. TonyCanon.com.br. BR, yeah. Yeah. And Canon is K A N, two A's and then an N. K A N A A N. Facebook and Twitter and all that good stuff at Tony Canon as well. Uh, Tony, thanks for coming in, man. Oh, thanks for having Thank me. You. It's a pleasure. I, uh, I wish you guys the best tomorrow night. I'll be there. I'm Good. excited to see you there. And uh, until next time, the sound Corolla for Tony Kanan and Matt the Motorator DeAndrea saying keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit carcastshow.com.